Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. Today I want to talk to you about guarding your mental state. Now, the audio that you're about to hear is from a video on my YouTube channel. So I've basically just grabbed the audio, chucked it up here, but it's about 20 minutes long. I think you'll get a lot from it. I go in depth into how I've been feeling over the past week. I've gone quite up and quite down, but I wanted to share how I best guard my mental state, notice the warning signs of an impending mental health crisis, and then take action. I think you'll get a lot from this. And if you're not already, please hit me up on YouTube. Just search for Zachary P. Phillips or Zachary Phillips, and you'll see a picture of me and follow my YouTube channel there. I do some sort of uh, videos, maybe 10 to 15 minutes long, and you'll get some different content to what you're getting here. So head over to the YouTube channel, check it out and enjoy. So I've had a bit of an interesting week this week, mental health wise. I've was quite good at the start of the week, then I dropped quite down and now I'm sort of coming back up. And part of the reason that I, I noticed this, this roller coaster effect is because I take a lot of effort to notice the warning signs of my mental health. So I usually know roughly where I should be. I've got a high and a low range, but when I start getting higher than sort of where I'm used to, that's a bit of a warning sign for me in the sense that I get more energy. I start getting a bit erratic's not the right word, but I've just got this sort of drive and I might be able to exercise more. I'll be talking a bit faster. I'll be feeling a bit more just ready to do stuff. Now, there could be a couple of reasons for this. The first one is obvious. I'm just, you know, enjoying what I'm doing. But I've noticed that over time that a lot of the time if there's no cause for it, and if I sort of just keep steadily climbing, I'm about to have a crash. And in the past, when I haven't noticed that climb, the crash has been massive because I didn't take any preventative action. So when I've noticed it this week and when I've noticed it in the past, what I'm trying to actively do now is recognize that even though I feel quite energetic, even though I feel like I can take on the world, it means my mental health is about to fall. So what I do instead of pushing harder, which is the natural urge, I've now learned to just take it back a notch, relax, and start to do some sort of self-care stuff. Initially, this was quite hard because it's, there's this obvious drive. I'm, I'm so motivated to get my books done and, you know, release more podcasts and interact with everybody online and do all of the stuff that I want to do, in, in addition to all of the housework and regular just working for money and all that sort of stuff. There's there's that push to keep going harder because look, I've got this energy. Why not? Let's do another gym workout. Unfortunately, that will lead to a massive crash. And if I don't take the preventative actions, that crash will be prolonged and it will be quite severe. So this time I decided to take a day off work and I just decided to relax. I read a book. I had a bath. I went for a walk. I just you know, meditated, just, just did the self-care things. Now, I've noticed that I've started to come back up again. So, you know, is, is this little bout of mental illness past? Maybe, maybe not. But I'm, I'm trying to be actively aware and notice the warning signs. I, I'm saying this again, um, and I suppose the reason it's on my mind is that I've got a my next book coming up, How to Get Shit Together, one of the chapters, one of the main chapters that sort of is referenced in a lot of the other chapters is called Notice Your Warning Signs because 
unless you've got that self-awareness to notice where you're at, stuff's not going to be optimal. You know, and this, this applies to every walk of life. For mental health, like I've said, if you're noticing when you're good and when you're bad, you can act appropriately and put in those systems in place to help yourself. In business or in work, if you know what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you like, what you don't like, you'll put yourself into a position where you can do the best in your job based on who you are and how you're feeling. The same thing for exercise. You know, if, you, if you're at the gym and you do a little self-check and you notice that you've got a bit of a kneeling injury in your shoulder, you might want to avoid doing the shoulder exercises or maybe you want to stretch it out, who knows. The point is, is self-awareness is key to, to being able to, to optimize and survive in health. So I've really started trying to work out that, noticing your warning signs and taking action when I notice it. Now, my warning signs will obviously be different to yours, but just for the sake of this video, like I said, I notice that my mood significantly goes up or down quite quickly. I notice that I will start getting angry, as in I will feel this inner rage just snap on. I don't really express it, but I just have this sort of inner urge that's just like this sort of just quickfire rage that sort of comes and goes really quickly and sort of surprises me. Other times I'll notice that I have quite a significantly tight chest and it's hard for me to get that, like, <gasps> can't get that full breath in. It's hard to get that. <sighs> Even if I'm doing it physiologically, it doesn't feel like it internally. Maybe like, you know, the anxiety is being shown. I'll notice physiologically that my left shoulder, for whatever reason, I've got a, like a long-term martial arts injury in my left shoulder and it starts to feel cold. And same thing in my right hip. I notice that those two areas are quite flare up physically for some reason. And I just feel generally physically colder. And the final warning sign is when I notice other people acting differently towards me, my partner or my close friends or anyone that I sort of interact with a lot of the time, if they start acting differently to me, that suggests that I'm acting differently to them, which means that something's up. Or I suppose when they say, hey, are you all right? Now, not all of those warning signs come at once and they come in different levels. Um, and I'm sorry, I just remembered a couple more. There's also like, I'll start to get physiologically clumsy. I'll bump into walls and I start losing my ability to find the right words that I want. And if you look back over my past videos and past podcasts, some of the ones where I've shared when I've been talking, when I've not been that well, you'll notice that how I'm speaking is is a bit slower. It's a bit more slurred. It's It's not as the words I'm using are a bit more dulled down and I'm just not being able to sort of communicate as fast and as efficiently. But like I was saying, they don't all come at once and they're not always the same, but I've noticed this sort of pattern towards my mental health. Some, some warning signs will come on quite quickly, some won't, but it's generally just a warning sign. I'll notice one, I'm like, hmm, something might be up. And then when I notice another one, it's like, okay, yeah, something's definitely up now. Once I notice a couple of warning signs, I go on to taking action to guard my mental state. Now, taking action or guarding your mental state at all costs is another chapter of how to get your shit together. And once again, this one's referenced quite a lot because it's, no matter what you're doing, if you're just trying to get over some sort of mental affliction, depression, anxiety, past trauma, whatever, guarding your mental state is key. But also, if you're wanting to push, if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to, you know, get after it, so to speak, and get something done, you have to guard your mental state in that regard as well. You know, the more you want to get done, the more pressure there will be on you for your time, for your effort, for your focus, for your for your physical presence, all that sort of stuff. So no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're in the surviving stage or the thriving stage, you've got to guard your mental state. 
at all costs because unless you're in a good place, you can't help other people. Once again, guarding your mental state will be different to guarding mine, but basically the summary is, is do what you need to do to make sure that your mental state isn't compromised. So if that means someone needs your help and you're not in a place to help that person right now, it means apologizing, maybe passing them on to someone else that can help, giving them resources, but sort of setting a line of where you're comfortable and not going beyond it. There's this temptation, particularly for for those that are like, you know, really nice people to put other people before them. And that's admirable, but it's not a long-term strategy for success. You might be able to help them in the short term, but by sacrificing yourself, you're guaranteeing that eventually you're not going to be able to be there for that person or for yourself and for your other commitments regardless. You know, if I help you at the cost of me, eventually I'm going to crack. I'm not going to be able to help you anymore. I'm going to lose all my functionality and I won't be there for my child, my partner and everything else that I need to do. So I've learned once again over time and from repeated experience to set a line. I have a line of where I'm comfortable helping people and depending on the circumstance, depending on how I'm feeling and depending on the person, depending on our past and all of that sort of stuff, the line will be different. You know, my child, there's no limit to the help that I'll give him. But to other people, there will be a limit because I have to ensure that I'm there for my child. You're sort of getting the point here. This may sound harsh, but I actually think it's a lot less selfish than going all in. Let me explain. If I go all in on one person, I can't be there for everyone else. If I went all in and I sacrifice myself and I get too overwhelmed with one person's problems, I won't be able to make videos like this. I won't be able to talk to other people. I won't be able to connect with people and help them through. Now, yes, I'll be able to help that person, but in my mind, it's a balance of all of the commitments that I have. That being said, if there's a major, you know, it's all, it's all very dependent on the particular situation. If someone's that I'm close to is suicidal and you know, they're in the midst of that sort of challenge, I'm, I'm going to be way more actively involved helping them because that situation trumps most else, or almost all other situations. However, if, if they're just having a flat day and they need comfort, but I've got other priorities that, that I need to look after, I won't necessarily be able to dedicate my physical time to going to help that person. Maybe we can chat online, maybe we could do a phone call, maybe... Um, I could suggest that they implement some other form of self-care that can best suit everyone's situation. Because, like I've said, you've got to make sure that you're there for yourself and there for other people. Because if you can't help, you can't help other people if you're in a bad place. And the other, other, the other reason to look after your own mental state over the top of other people is that if you become a crutch for someone else, they'll keep relying on you and won't attempt to get better themselves. So like once again there's a distinction to be made here. If if someone's in desperate need of direct help, help them if you can. But over the long term, there's a risk of becoming them becoming dependent on you. So if you find just this person keeping on coming to you for help, coming 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 and not seeing any improvement and you're not able to keep up that level of help, something's got to change because eventually you'll snap and you won't be able to help them anyway. And when that happens, that person becomes so reliant on you that they will have lost the ability to help themselves or never tried to get it because they knew you would be there for them. Eventually, you're not going to be able to be there and therefore they'll struggle anyway. And what will probably happen is that person will 
then blame you for not being there and walking out on them and that whole situation, even though you've been there for years. When you do finally pull back and say, hey, enough's enough, they might get angry or aggressive or feel hurt because, you know, why the big change? Gutting your mental state comes in a lot of other forms as well. But the main one is obviously the self-awareness, working out what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. So if you know that big social situations drain the energy out of you, but you love doing them anyway, then guarding your mental state in that regard would be choosing which one you want to do out of the five offers, as opposed to trying doing as many as possible. You know, I heard a quote, it went something along the lines of, for an introvert, a party is like a workout. It's great fun, we love it, but you need a lot of recovery time after the fact. That's me. I'm, I'm a massive introvert in person. And I know that might seem a bit odd that I'm in, in front of the camera, but I'm here alone in my room. There's no one here. And you guys are all listening and watching, but it's different to have to being a noisy, massive social gathering. Now, yeah, I'll go, but I'm going to guard my mental state and go, well, am I happy here? Is this the best place for me? Am I in a mental state that can deal with this sort of, sort of situation? And by deal with it, it's not that it... It's not that I don't like doing it. It's just that it comes at a cost to me. And the cost is that it will cost me, you know, recovery time. It will cost me a bit of my mental state. Is the trade-off worth it? Can I cope with that trade-off now? If the answer is yes, then I'll go. If the answer is no, then I won't. So it's not about avoiding the situations that bring you an issue. It's about balancing them. Because sometimes some of the best things will cost us. You know, I love, I used to love going rock climbing as a kid. And, you know, it was hell on my forearms. So could I go rock climbing every day? No, but maybe I could go once a week or once every couple of weeks. And it would be great, but it would come at a cost to my physical body. The same thing to your mental state. Work out what the cost is to your mental state and sort of weigh up the balances and guard your mental state there. I also like to guard my mental state by prioritizing what I need to for it. So for me, I love exercise. And if you follow me on Instagram at Zach P. Phillips, you'll see how regularly I post that I'm at the gym. Most mornings I'm doing weights or a run, and most nights I'm doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but sometimes I vary it up with, say, stretching, swimming, Tai Chi, or some other sort of random exercise. Now, I prioritize this. This, this is prioritized over most other things. If I don't get that exercise session in, I know what it will do to my mental state. Now, I use, I use exercise as, yeah, like an antidepressant. I'm not against medication, but for me, the best thing for me is exercise. So I prioritize it. What you prioritize might be different for you. But the point is, is to work out what you need to be in the best mental state possible and putting that into your life first. So other things I like to prioritize are meditation, um, warm baths, reading fiction, um, and going for walks, playing with the pets, hugging my baby. There's, there's a bunch. But for me, a good example is exercise because it just has such positive benefits. So to guard my mental state, I put those preemptive things in there. I go, okay, I need to exercise every morning. So that's it. That's in the calendar first. That takes preference over watching a YouTube video. That takes preference over everything because I know that no matter what happens in the rest of the day, if I haven't exercised, that day is going to suck. The final thing that I like to consider to guarding my mental state is more of a lifestyle sort of factors. I want to try and establish a lifestyle as a long-term goal that's one that I can exist in without sort of hating life. So for me, I'm a high school teacher 
by trade. I do casual relief teaching. I'm a relief teacher, so um, some of you watching have probably had me. And the reason I don't do full-time teaching is because I just can't handle it. It, it. it takes too much of a toll. Turning up to the same place, to the same people, is is a tough battle for me. I need variation. I need stimulation in a different regard. And it's not even the people necessarily. It's almost the the obligation to have to be on at a certain time every day, no matter what. I know my mental state. I I can't promise a workplace that I'll be able to be on, ready to work, ready to be in front of a group of kids at nine o'clock every day for a whole year. It, I've tried it and it caused my, my mental state to drop. I, I just couldn't manage to stay, to stay on that whole time. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm not capable of working, but what it means is that that traditional, you know, full-time role just doesn't suit me. So for me, knowing that, I'm like, well, how can I still earn enough money to survive, pay for my family obligations, all that sort of stuff, but still give the best, best to my workplace and to my boss? So the solution for me was, well, I like variation, so I'm going to do replacement teaching. There's a few schools that I go to regularly, but I like the variation, so I'll go to a bunch of different ones. I also teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to kids and do some private sessions at nights. And, you know, once again, if you're following me on Instagram, you'll see that I train at John Donahue Jiu-Jitsu and MMA in Notting Hill, Victoria. So if you're down our way, head over. It's a great gym. Just a little, little side plug there. Um, but I'm doing those little, those little sessions as well. I'm also getting into writing and coaching online, selling books, the whole thing. So I'm not... The lifestyle that I want to have now... It's not, I'm not earning as much money, but I'm able to, the work that I'm doing is a lot, a lot more better for my mental state. Now, obviously that did come at a cost to the income that I was getting. So the other part of changing the lifestyle was really reevaluating how much money I actually need. So since working full-time and going to this sort of CRT, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, coaching and book work and that sort of stuff, my income's probably maybe halved or maybe even a third of what I used to earn. You know, so I can't do anywhere near as much of the leisure and have much of the stuff that I used to have. But you know what? Despite having such a massive drop in income, I'm so much happier. I'm able to just not not just sort of wake up just dreading the next, you know, weekday, hoping for the weekend just as a chance to recover, to do it all again. That lifestyle just wasn't for me. That being said... Maybe full-time teaching isn't a full-time role. Maybe I could go into something else. Maybe there's another full-time role that I could do that I don't know about yet that I could manage to do. Maybe it would be an example of working from home or maybe it would be working on different job sites or, you know, maybe it's a more of a writing gig that I could write from, you know, different places. I don't, I don't know what, what it is. I haven't found it yet. But what I did realize was that what I was doing for a living was costing me. I was addicted to the money in a sense that, you know, you, the more you earn, the more you want to spend. So once I realized that the job working full-time was costing me, I had to make a change. I had to reevaluate my spending and change to something else. I'm not saying you should change. I'm not saying that you should quit your job and do what I'm doing. But what I am saying is that to guard your mental state, you should 
step back from your job and go, is this work the best for me? Is the thing that I'm doing for my job the best job that I could be doing? Or would I prefer to do something better? If you are in the job type of job that you like doing, is the workplace the best place that you could be working for? Is your boss and your co-workers the best for your mental state? Is the culture of the di- and the dynamics of the people that you're working for, are the customers that you're getting good? You know, are there some changes you can make? Now, I can just hear a lot of you coming back at me going, well, I can't, I can't make these changes. There's all of these, you know, there'll, there'll be a bunch of excuses. I get that. You know, I had a bunch of excuses. I've, my, my income cut down to a half or a third. There was a massive life change. I, I basically threw my potential to be like, you know, a career teacher in the bin. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that came up in my mind as to why I shouldn't make a change. But what's the alternative? The, the, the cost of not taking the action, not making the change, may, you know, that, that cost will be quite high. So you've got to sort of balance between your mental health and those excuses. If, if you are struggling with those excuses and you need some direct help, why don't you, you comment below anything that I've discussed if you're wondering how you can make a change in your work, in your home life, how you can guard your mental state, how you can notice your warning signs, anything like that, comment below and maybe we can talk it out because prior to going through these changes, prior to going down this process, I struggled I, I and I've, I was right there and I suppose this is part of what I'm hoping to get to give you from how to get your shit together. So I'll put a link below so you can check out a little bit more about how to get your shit together. My next book, I'm in the final editing stages. There's 50 chapters. It's going to be released for free online. I'm going to release a chapter a month um, as a blog post and an audio um, and an audio file on my podcast, the Reality Check podcast. I'm going to release it once per month for free. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because I want to help as much people as possible. If you see it and you like it, there's a couple of things you could do. The best would be to share it because the more it spreads, the better it be for everyone. If you really like it and you want to own the book physically, you would be able to buy it as an ebook, paperback, and audio book. That'll obviously give me a little bit of a kickback and help me out, but it'll make it easier for you to consume the whole product and get it all at once. And I suppose the only other way that you could really help me, and if you like this video and you like what I'm doing here, I'd love your support on my Patreon. Patreon's a way for content creators like myself to get a regular um, monthly contributions from their supporters. So that would be you guys. I'm only asking for $1 per month. That's not much on your end, but on my end, it will make a massive difference. I'm already up to about $50 per month support, which I'm ecstatic about because like, I've, like I was saying, I'm able to survive off a small amount now. I've, I've taught myself that, but I do need a bit more than 50 a week, unfortunately. Um, but the more help that I get from you guys, the more, the more I'm able to do these sort of videos and write and podcast and just help you guys. So if you're interested in supporting what I'm doing here with a once-off contribution, check out the link to my Patreon below. Um, And yeah, thank you.